Genesis chapter 48, verses uh, 1 through 20. Don't usually read this many scriptures, um, but we really want to, as we are about to begin this new season, of course, a uh, new school year, um, I want to really you know, start you on a good note. Uh, and if you could turn to the person next to you and say, friend, God bless you. God bless you. And they, and they didn't even, it's amazing that we only hear outside of the church, we only hear God bless you after a sneeze. Uh, <laughs> it's like, like, oh, you lived. <laughs> uh, I think we need to do a little better than that. Uh, Genesis 48 verses 1 to 20. One, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. One day, not long after this, the word came to Joseph, your father is failing rapidly. So Joseph went to visit his father, Jacob, and took him, and took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Verse eight. Then Jacob looked over at the two boys. Are these your sons, he asked his son Joseph. Yes, Joseph told him, these are the sons God has given me here in Egypt, here in Egypt. And Jacob said, bring them closer to me so I can bless them. Verse 10, Jacob was half blind at the time because of his age and he could hardly see. So Joseph brought the sons close to him. And Jacob kissed and embraced them. Then Joseph said, then Jacob said to Joseph, I never thought I would see your face, Joseph, ever again, but now God has let me see not simply you, but even your children. Joseph moved the boys who were at their grandfather's knees and he bowed his face to the ground. Then Joseph positioned the boys. Joseph positioned the boys in front of Jacob. With his right hand, he directed Ephraim to Jacob's left hand. And with his left hand, he put Manasseh to Jacob's right hand. The right hand is the hand of blessing. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 16, verse 11, David writes, you will show me the path of life in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. That's the hand of blessing. So, of course, uh, Joseph, realizing that Ephraim was the oldest, he put him at his father's right hand. Um, so, but Jacob crossed his arms as he reached out to lay his hands on the boy's head. He put his right hand on the head of, head of Ephraim, though he was a younger boy, and put his left hand on the head of Manasseh, though he was the firstborn. 
But Joseph was upset when he saw that his father placed his right hand on Ephraim's head, which was the wrong person. Turn to somebody and say, you're the wrong person who should have been blessed. And, and say to them, according to other people's opinion. See, 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 see. According to other people's opinion. You, you are not supposed to be where you are. Not from the neighborhood you come from. <laughs> and somebody's mad that you got blessed. Joseph was upset when he saw that his father placed his right hand on Ephraim. So Joseph lifted did it to move his hand from Ephraim to Manasseh's head. No, my father, he said, this is, this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. You blessed the wrong person. But the father refused. I know, my son, I know. He replied, Manasseh will also become a great people, but his younger brother will become even greater. And his descendants will become a multitude of nations. So Jacob blessed the boys that day with this blessing. The people of Israel will use your names when they give a blessing. They will say, may God make you as prosperous as Ephraim and Manasseh. In this way, Jacob put Ephraim, Jacob put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. This word is so simple, I'm almost embarrassed to share it. I want to look a little deep, but I'm just a postman for the Lord. I only deliver the mail, I don't get to read it. So obviously somebody needs to hear this. I want to talk to you uh, this morning on the crisscross blessing. The, the crisscross blessing. As, as we've been sharing uh, over uh, at least these uh, uh, three, two Sundays, uh, last Sunday, this Sunday, and, and next Sunday, because uh, I really feel like the Lord wants to propel us into a season of blessing and understanding what being blessed is. And um, as we're still in this season of Jubilee, as it comes to a close next weekend, and uh, at least the year of Jubilee, and Jubilee is not an end, it is a commencement. Amen. That's good news. It's a commencement. It's a beginning. It's a launching into a new era for you, a new season for you, a new um, uh, just manifestation of the grace of God in your life. So you need to get ready for that. You need to get ready for that. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. Um, God, and we talked last week about a culture of blessing. And my goal is to see that PT uh, is uh, becomes a place where there is a culture of blessing. There's a culture of blessing. We all come from different cultures, our foods, uh, manifest culture. Uh, the, the, the bishop, when I was... Uh, in a consecrated pastor Larry Ward to be bishop of the uh, New England district. The bishop of Barbados came and he said, I got something for you, man. And I said, Oh, oh, he said, no, no, make sure I see you. I got something from you for you. And he brought 
he brought a loaf of sweet bread. Lord have mercy. Now, for some of you, you're like, what's sweet bread? You know, you better ask somebody. Uh, Oh, I was like, thank you, Jesus. It weighed a pound, but it was good. (laughs) But we all have different cultures, different cultural food, different culture. We saw the, um, the praise and worship team wearing, uh, cultural dress and, and so we can create, every job has a culture. Every home has a culture. Amen. I, I told you years ago how uh, one of the first arguments me and my wife got in when we first got married is that, no, she had the nerve to make spaghetti on Sunday. Uh, the devil is a lie. I'm still, I still, we've been married almost 34 years and I still haven't gotten over it, but, um, uh, cause in our culture it's peas and rice on Sunday. That is peas and rice and gravy. Okay, and the gospel bird, chicken. Okay, that that that's Sunday. Amen. Amen. Hey, praise the Lord. Uh, uh, I had a flashback of that day, of that argument. <laughs> but it's our culture. It's our culture. And uh, and we need to have in the church a culture of blessing. Because all week people get cursed out, cussed out. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, you know, ride the subway. Every once in a while, I ride the subway just to remind myself where the Lord brought me from. And, <laughs> and you know, you would get on the subway, you know, people aren't saying God bless you all the time, especially during rush hour. So this is the one place where there needs to be a culture of blessing. And the word blessing, and, and why should be, there be a culture of blessing? Because God is a blesser. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, the first action God took upon man and woman after he created them, it says, and God blessed them. We discover that the name bless is the Hebrew word barak, and it, and it means to kneel, and to kneel in an act of adoration to God. So we re- reason why we're kneeling is because uh, God says in the book of Psalms and also picked up in the book of James where it says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so our kneeling is an act of humility saying, God, um, all that I have comes from you. Are you following me? And I'm not saying you have to kneel physically, but we need to be kneeling in our hearts, an act of submission. And then it's also... Uh, blessing is not only kneeling as an act of adoration to God, but it's a kneeling also in an act of adoration, not act of adoration, an act of benefit towards man. Benefit towards man. And I, I've heard you know, many counselors would say that when you're talking to a child, you don't talk to them like this. You try to get on their level. Okay, am I right? You're, no, you, you get on their level so that they feel, so that they feel empowered. Are you following me? So when you want to bless somebody, you know, that's what we're saying. I want to benefit you. Bene fit. Bene. I want to fit you well. I want to suit you. That's why uh, I want to encourage you as married couples, if you haven't already, get there's two books you should get by, I think it's Gary Chapman, I believe it is. Five languages, five love languages. Amen. So you can understand what language your wife speaks. Amen. Or what language your husband speaks. Praise the Lord. Uh, so if your, if your wife, if her language is wor- words of affirmation, then if you get her you know, a Mercedes Benz and she goes, oh, well, you know, you're going to get upset because your attitude is, look, I got you this Benz. And all you can say is, 
All right. And yet I got you a, a five dollar card. You're like, Oh, I love it. thank you. Thank you. And you could have saved yourself a whole lot of money. Praise. <laughs> Learn the love language. You say, Bishop, what's the second book? The five languages of an apology. Oh, ain't nobody talk about that book. Five languages of the apology. You know? There, there is the words, no, there's, there's, I'm sorry, which is good enough. But then there is the other language of, 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 uh, of an apology is restitution, meaning that I know you're sorry, but you need to make this right. Mm-hmm, I'm trying to help somebody. You missed, you forgot your wife's anniversary. Okay. I'm sorry. It's just not going to do. Mm-hmm. Restitution. I'm going to take you on a cruise to Barbados or a cruise to the Greek island. She's like, okay, now you're talking. I forgive you. <laughs> for, for, I think I'm, I think I'm preaching to somebody right now. <laughs> Some wife is going, mm, mm, preach, preach, pastor. <laughs> uh, the blessing does three things, as I said. Three things that a blessing does. And I use the acronym DIS, dis to remind you that the blessing removes the dis. That is, the blessing removes dis when it comes to respect. The blessing, when you bless somebody, it removes dis when it comes to regard. The blessing removes dis when it comes to grace. So, uh, uh, and, and what I mean, the blessing does three things. Number one, the blessing, uh, it, it determines a person's destiny. The blessing determines a person's identity. And the blessing empowers somebody for success. So, you know, many times, uh, and as, as parents, uh, particularly fathers, we need to bless our children regularly. And, and speak over their lives, their destiny. Because there's a whole lot of voices speaking into their lives. Their, their, um, their, their friends. Lord knows, we don't know what their teachers are saying to them. Uh, their places of employment. I remember at the age of 16, uh, uh my, my boss, you know, who, you know, and I'm the last one to consider somebody prejudiced, uh, having grown up in a, in a, in a mixed neighborhood. But, but, but I had to come to a conclusion. He was, he was prejudiced. And I remember he would always, uh, when I worked at McDonald's, he always gave me the, the, the horrible assignments, clean this, do this. And, and I remember sitting for my, my, um, my review for, for, uh, uh, evaluation for whether you get a rage or not. And I remember, and I'm only 16 years old, and I'm sitting down, and he and he says to me, he says, Brian Green. And he says, who's Brian Green? And the tone he said it was like, you're nothing. And I realized that when he said that, my attitude was, oh, you're going to find out who Brian Green is. But the problem was, is that though it drove me to become a fairly high achiever, that's the wrong, that's the wrong 
motive to be doing things. Because what ends up happening is that everybody around me is now feeling the pressure of my high motor. No, because and so now in my marriage, what ends up happening is that if my wife needs grace, but she makes a mistake, it it's like no, what you did is reflection on me, and therefore, because what you did caused me to look bad, my mind is going back to the age of sixteen when this guy said, "Who's Brian Green?" So now, all of a sudden. I blow up over a little insignificant thing simply because I'm being driven by someone who tried to determine my destiny saying, you're nobody. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's quiet. And some of you, you know, people are applauding you as high achievers, but you're being driven by something very demonic. Because your identity is not in what you do. Your identity is in the fact that Jesus loves you. Somebody said that was a good word right there. That was a good right word there. So what ends up happening is that you're always trying to do things to 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 make yourself worthy of the love of God, and you'll never be worthy. And then you start projecting that on your children, so that they don't come home with the the grade that you want them to come home with. Oh, it's quiet in here. So now their, their identity, mm, you know, you need to give me five on this. So your identity, their child's identity is not in the fact that they're your child, which should be good enough. Your, their identity is in the good grades that they get. And we can communicate that very well. God help you if you come home with a bad grade. Though they tried as hard as they could. It was quiet in here. Amen, lights. <laughs> but the crisscross blessing says, God knows where to find you. God knew where to find Brian Green, even though that boss said, you're nothing. God knew where to find you. <laughs> Jake, Joseph tries to help God out. Said, I'm going to put, I'm going to position the son who I want blessed right here. And I'm going to position the son who I want blessed second right here. And, And Jacob said, all right, ready? And he's like, yeah, this is all set. This is all set. I hope dad out because you know, dad can't see too well. And he went, whoop. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're entering to the season when people are going to be mad at some of you because everybody was positioned for the promotion or positioned for the favor or positioned for that particular school or positioned and 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 you've got to be careful to not get caught up in the world's jockeying system because david said these words in psalms 31 verse 14 and 15 he says he says but i trusted in you lord because my times are in your hand meaning the time for promotion or the time for 
you know, being kept back. Everybody wants to talk about blessing, 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 but sometimes God says, you know, you need to be kept back. <laughs> you know, you need to be kept back. You, you didn't learn your lesson. Okay, God, I, I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. And God put you in a situation and you blow up, lose your temper that God's been trying to teach you all throughout the year. Mm. It's quiet in here. Someone cuts you off. They give you the, your number one sign. And you said, well, you reap what you sow, you give it back. Mm. If you want to know what that is, just ask somebody next to you. But we know Christians never do that. And God says, oh, you're going to have to be, you're, you're going to have to repeat this grade. God, why are you promoting me? No, 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 no. You have to repeat this grade. Mm-hmm. And so he puts you in, uh, and now this is self-confession. He put, you know, I hate flying. You know how they call the groups, group one, group two, and you know, and you try to be, I'm, I, I, I'm a rule follower. So there's a long line. Help me. Come on. Somebody. And, and, and somebody acting like, Ooh, I didn't know, and they wander. <laughs> Have you ever been around a line cutter? Mm-hmm. And righteous indignation. I mean, I'm a bishop and I'm, I'm giving them the stink eye like, you know what you did. You, no, no, you knew what you did. I, what do you think we're waiting this line for, for our health? And, and, and stuff is rising up and the Holy Spirit is saying, why you up? You're going to get on the plane. But something right, avenge me, Father. <laughs> Let their bag be so big that it doesn't fit in the bin. <laughs> Judge them. And Lord says, you know, you're going to be, you're going to get kept back. So on the way home, the same thing happens. He's like, are you going to learn your lesson? Well, when do you learn your lesson, Bishop? Easy. You learn your lesson when you no longer react. (laughs) Because we are supposed to be living the crucified life. I never saw a dead man get slapped and say, Hey, what you doing? (laughs) Hallelujah. Dead people don't react. We are crucified with Christ. So there shouldn't be any reaction. So whenever there's a reaction, that means you're still alive. Mm, mm, mm. But there's a crisscross blessing where God knows where to find. No matter what people are trying to do to manipulate folks into the right position, God knows where to find you and where to, where to, where to, uh, give you favor to do all the things he created you to do. I, I, and I thought about this and started looking through the scripture of people God found that make no, that made no, made no sense. And Joshua, the book of Joshua, God found Rahab. 
the 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 Jewish uh, rabbis used to say um, that there's three things that they used to to pray to God with regards to God. I thank you that you haven't been you haven't created me to be this. I thank you, Lord, that you've created me not to be a woman. No offense, but not to be a slave and not to be a Gentile. And so you have Rahab was a prostitute, which is a slave. She's a she's a Gentile and she's a woman. And God says to Joshua in his strategy, go into the Canaan and see how the land's going to be. So Joshua sends his two best men and they spout the land for 40 days. They, you know the story, if you don't read it, um, they find this woman, Rahab, a prostitute, and she protects them, and they said, you know what, we're going to jack up your city, we're going to wipe you out, but hey, whoever you want their lives spared, make sure that they are in this room when we destroy the city. So, of course, you know, she's inviting mama and papa and cousins and everybody, and they're there. And then, all of a sudden, God says to to Joshua, Joshua brings to God his military plans. Okay, God, we spot out the land, check. This is going to be the best route, check. You know, and then we're going to do this. And God says, scrap that plan. All I want you to do is walk around the wall 13 times and the walls will fall down. Now, I don't know about you. Have you ever had God mess up your plans? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some of you don't want to say that because you're still mad that he messed up your plans. I mean, and Joshua's like, we spent all these weeks developing this plan. I risked the lives of 40 of, 40, I risked the lives of two of my men for 40 days. And your plan is to just walk around? Why in the world did you have me do all this? And the Lord probably said, because I wanted you to find Rahab. And if I told you, send out your two best men, risk their lives to rescue a prostitute who's a Gentile, what would you have said? That's right. You would have said, God, you're crazy. And that's why God can't tell some of you his plans. I, turn, the person, turn the person next to you and say, no, he's talking about you. That way you don't, you know. You know. There's sometimes when I'm glad God didn't tell me his plans. Because, see, you all are spiritual, you know, oh, Holy Spirit, show me your will, hallelujah. Sometimes I would be like, God, that was crazy. And it's a good thing you didn't tell me because I would have had more to say. Because this don't make sense. But God's attitude is, I wanted, I knew there was a woman named Rahab. And I knew where she was. And I went and got her. Ruth, a Moabite, you know, you, you know your background is bad when in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 23, God says, uh, uh, uh 23 verse 2, I, I was going to mix up, where God says, no Moabite's going to come in my congregation from the 10th generation. You know, you know God is upset when he's, he's upset with your grandchildren and your great grandchildren. And yet, he's, he allows a famine to come so that, you know, Elkanah and, and, um, Naomi, Go and bring this Gentile 
into the body uh, and the lineage of Christ. And she becomes the great, great grandmother of King David. God knows where to find you. God knows where to find you. David, come on. Samuel comes to Bethlehem and he says, one of you, I'll come to anoint one of your sons. And he goes through seven sons. And the Lord says, there's none of these seven dudes. And Sam, and, and, and the funny thing is Samuel, the first three that come by, he says, you look kingly. Got to be you. And God says, no, no, it's not you. No, but it got to be you. No. And God says, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And he says, is there any other boys? Is there any other? Don't you have any other children? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. There's, there's, there's a guy, one of my sons is tending the sheep. I like the Eugene Peterson. Vern, it's so real. The, the, the Peterson, uh, the message Bible says this, there's a runt. <laughs> there's a runt. Doesn't even call him a son. A runt who's, who's taking care of the sheep. God knows where to find you. Matthew, who we love to read, the book of Matthew, Levi, he's a tax collector. You need to understand the Jews are so upset with tax collectors that they weren't even allowed in the synagogue to worship. You know your life is bad when they say, they say, what you do for a living? Oh, no, you can't come in here. <laughs> but I want to, no, no, you can't come in here. And yet Jesus chooses him. So if Jesus can choose and find all these folks whose lives are jacked up, that's slang for messed up, you, he can find you. So stop trying to position yourself. Here's my card. Here's my card. Make sure you talk to your boss for it. And I'm not saying that we should network. But I'm saying don't put our faith in the network. Our faith is in God. He'll use people. But our faith is in God. God knows where to find you. So cool your jets. There's a scripture that says many times, like the King James Version, it talks about Noah and it talks about Joseph. No matter how bad this situation, it says, and Noah found favor in the sight of God. Joseph, in part of himself, Joseph found favor. Joseph in prison, Joseph found favor. God knows, somebody needs to hear this. God knows where to find you because some of you are full of anxiety, frustration. You're looking at your situation and you're not seeing the favor of God. God knows where to find you. He knows, and, and this is for some of your children. God knows where to find your children. Some of you are, Lord have mercy. You're full of anxiety. We're going to handle my child. First of all, it's not your child. It's not your child. When you get adult children, you'll know they're not your children. Some of you think, my children ain't adults and I already know they ain't my children. Like, who are you? God got your child. God has your child. And the best thing you can do, come over here, son. Wait, stop right there. I see a child with his head turned. Right beat, yeah. 
I don't even know. Yeah, can you come here? Now he was, he was kneeling, and I'm finished here. Now can he come? Can he come by himself? Okay. <laughs> now, 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 watch this. Watch this. And this is not to get on you, but it was a perfect illustration. She, you know, she she tried to help. Okay, okay, Adam. Okay, Adam. And 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 Adam, I got something for you. Okay. Like some money? You like money? Do you like money? Yes, yes. You're Clint's son. <laughs> Yeah, that's yours. That's yours. That's yours. That's yours. That's yours. But here's the interesting thing. No, God told me I was praying this morning. He said, God said, no, find a child in the balcony. And I, I could barely see him because he was kneeled down, probably coloring because, you know, my sermon wasn't all that exciting. <laughs> but I'm, no, I'm confirming myself. <laughs> and, and, but I found him. So he comes out with, Two dollars more than he would have, and he did nothing. In fact, he was facing the other direction. And yet, I found him. Tell somebody next to you, and really do it this time. God knows where to find you. You don't have to work things out. You're already blessed. And no devil in hell can stop what God has for you or where God wants to take you.